For you tonight, Lord, because we know you're the God of miracles, Lord, the God that makes it happen for us, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we believe it. Thank you, Jesus. I believe it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's revival in his church. Revive your spirit within us, Jesus. There's revival in your church, Lord. No. 
our declaration tonight together say his love is not in question the son of god Strongholds. Strongholds bowing to the Savior. Resurrection power over every circumstance. His word stands final and forever. He will not be shaken. That's right. one it all. Sing that. Sing it is done. It is done. It is finished. Finished. Christ is one. He is risen. Praise is here. Let's try. Lift it up.
we cannot explain and believe how many times you have triumphed for us over things that we could not triumph. For you, oh Lord, have been the victory in our lives when we couldn't see victory. You, oh Lord, have been the outcome that we never could have expected ever in a million years. You, oh Lord, have been the healing that we never thought the doctor said would never occur. But for your grace, your mercy, and your never-ending love, Heavenly Father, you have triumphed over all of those things. And for that, we give you praise and honor and glory, for you are good. We stand right now on, on the knowledge of all the things that you have done for us already, Heavenly Father, and cry out one more time because we know the source of our security and our strength. So we cry out to you, Heavenly Father, for there are people who need healing and we cry out for healing in this place. For you, oh Lord, are the greatest doctor ever. We proclaim healing over lives right now. We cry out, Heavenly Father, over a change, a radical change, and just the way that people think in our city, Heavenly Father, that violence would not be the answer, that your grace, that your love, that your peace, that just kindness would be the answer, Heavenly Father, that you would prevail in this place. We stand knowing that you are the God of peace. Heavenly Father, we have all kinds of news coming at us from all around the world, Heavenly Father, the Middle East, Gaza, and Israel, Heavenly Father. We don't know what is happening, but we know that you do. And right now we proclaim your will in the midst of all of that. For if there's anything that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is that your will and your purpose will always, always prevail. And so right now for all of us feeling uneasy, insecure, and just in an uproar over what is happening, Heavenly Father, first I pray your peace and your wisdom and your guidance upon each of us. Let us know the certainty of your will will prevail. And be with us, Heavenly Father. Fill us with wisdom as we speak to others. Fill us with grace as we hear these things that come to us, Lord. And Jesus, just be with us. Thank you, Lord, for all of the things that you have already done. The foundation of the promises that we stand on as we look to the things that you will do in the future. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. It is good to see you in the house of the Almighty Saints of God. Can you turn to someone and just welcome them in to this place tonight? My name is Renee Chavez-Maez. I'm the Executive Director of Frontline Resurrection Women's Life Recovery Home in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Frontline Resurrection and the Free Project will be at New Beginnings Church. We are gonna have a Women's Life Recovery Conference Friday, October 20th and Saturday, October 21st. We are gonna have worship sessions, 
We're going to have childcare, youth engagement. We're going to have food, fellowship, and a whole lot of Jesus. What we want to do is we want to bring all of the faith-based life recovery homes from around New Mexico. We want to get in one space and we want to worship God together. We want to give God glory do his name. So that means that we will be reaching out to you if you run a faith-based uh, women's life recovery uh, in any respect, a life recovery home or a life recovery program. We're going to reach out to you. And if we don't, please reach out to us. My number is 505-582-5901. We want to hear from you. We want to we want to see what God has done. Mark your calendars. Women's Life Recovery Conference, October 20th and 21st, 2023. I look forward to seeing you guys there. Amen, church. That's this weekend. How many of you ladies are ready to go? Ready to go. Life-changing opportunity. Life-changing opportunity. Well, you saw a superstar up there. She handed out her phone number. I'm going to invite Sister Renee to come up here. Listen, just, just how awesome, just how awesome is it that this event is not just for, for us at New Beginnings Church of God, but also a community-wide event. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a few questions here. I know we're putting you on the spot. I hope you don't mind. She handed out our phone number, so I, her whole, whole, whole phone number was on there. So I figure it's okay for me to ask her some questions, right? It's not going to work, so I'll just hand you mine. You think so? No, listen. Test, test. Oh, there you go. Sister Renee, tell us why, why, why are you doing this event? What is the purpose? So that phone number is on everything. Every bus stop in Albuquerque, New Mexico, just for the record. <laughs> so um, for the glory of God. For the for glory, the glory God. of God. Amen. So we're doing this event. Can you hear me? You guys hear me good? Okay. So we're doing this event. Um, because, well, for one, we want to be united. You know, um, you know, there's, you know, we love women we getting love, up. That's right. In recovery, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I am who I serve. And we, we just, you know, I thought, I, I guess, you know, God dropped something on me. You know, one of the midnight snacks he drops on us. And I, I sat up, I wrote it down, I went back to sleep. And then, boom, it became a reality. And so here they, here it is, right? And so I invited all of these, all of these homes and they said, yes. Amen, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, they said, yes. So, um, so what we're going to do is, you know, we're going to be in this space. We're going to be worshiping God. So we have where, you know, the worship is where it's going to be. You're, we're going to have, you know, p women painting and, 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 and feet washing and, and loving on each other. But we're going to be focusing on God because strategically in the background, as, you know, women come up here and they, and they tell testimony of life recovery, we want the spotlight to be on them, on what God has done in their live, lives and how they're, how they're doing it in Christ. But strategically in the background, we have an outreach team. So those $25 tickets went to getting, going to get, uh, we're buying $25 gift cards and we're hitting the streets and we already have women who are coming from the streets in here, not only to listen and, and to see what God has done, but we want to love on them. So the women that are already worshiping and already filled up, that's right. we're going to love on them. We're going to love it. You know, they can Amen. come, they can take their 25 and go, or they may just leave home with one of those homes. So Sister Renee, 
I know that there's a lot of men in here that are like, well, it's not, it's not an event for me. But tell me why, why women and why is it important to the foundation of what you do that you focus on women and what difference does that make? So we got mothers and grandmothers and daughters and aunties and sisters and wives that are um, in their addiction or maybe they've just, they don't know how to get up. And so, you know, in our familial environment, we're a family. We're not an institution. And so what does that look like? Coming to church on Wednesdays and Sundays and getting a job and being loved on and learning how to, you know, work with other ministries and and then taking your position in your family again. And so, you know. What does that mean? It's everything because, you know, when mama's scattered, when mama's not home or, you know, when your daughters are on the street or, you know, when your wife is wayward, you know, I've been all of the above, right? I've been the wayward wife, the daughter, the sister, um, you know, and, and so when we take our position in Christ, in the body, in life, in our community, then the ripple effect starts to go out and we give birth to new life everywhere Amen. we go. Amen. She's ready to preach, y'all. She's ready to preach. <laughs> Let me tell you one other thing about what, what she's saying. I know that some of you sisters may be sitting here and say, well, I'm, I'm none of those things. You've been blessed by the Almighty. You've yes. never had to worry about any of those things. Let me tell you why it's important for you to be here. You are a testimony. You are the vision of what it can be like to live free, to live in God, and to take the place that God has commanded you to be. So even if you're not that person that Renee, the sister Renee is targeting, that her ministry reaches out to, it's still important for you to be here. Absolutely. Your walk, your face, mm-hmm. your smile, your arms is your testimony. Your hugs. You Amen. just might wrap your arms Amen. around a broken woman Amen. So let's on just Friday or Saturday. Amen. Let's just say a quick prayer for Sister Renee as she launches this ministry here on, um, on Friday and Saturday. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord. We just, first of all, thank you for this amazing, amazing woman, this leader who heard your voice in the middle of the night and said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, here I go. Lord, we thank you that you have made, already that you have made this event successful, that no matter who walks through that door or who doesn't walk through that door, that your will will already be done because your seed has already been planted and Sister Renee is already running with it. And it doesn't matter what happens because your will is going to be done. But we pray, Heavenly Father, for all of the speakers that are going to be here on Friday and Saturday. We pray that you fill them with extraordinary wisdom, Heavenly Father. That they speak in a way that everyone in the room can understand them. That they get right to the heart of the matter. To the very message that you have laid on their heart. That they not close their ears to that message, but that they provide it faithfully and truthfully so that it plants a seed that goes deep. Heavenly Father, we pray for the worship team. We pray for the volunteers. We pray for that other group of people that is out there reaching a lost and dying world so that we can transform this city one woman at a time, one wife at a time, one mom at a time, Heavenly Father, so that she can go back and transform her family, family by family by family. We pray your grace, your love, and your never-ending courage over all of these women that are going to be here on Friday. And above all, we stand on the foundation of your promise that your will will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's get them, Renee. Let's get them. Amen. Well, with that, can we please welcome Pastor Richard 
to the pulpit tonight. Thank you all so very much. It's going to be an exciting time, an exciting, exciting time. And uh, Saturday morning, for those of you that are not going to be here at the convention, uh, I really want to invite you men that are, you're going to have your kids with you, please join me at the Walk for Life. We're going to be there at 9 o'clock in the morning over at Ernie Taylor Park, and uh, that is right there. At uh, I, the address is, I think, 10,000. Oh, it's on the screen, so uh, there it is on the screen. I hope you're going to be there. Uh, either you're going to be here or you're going to be there. And it's, it's, not a, it's not a protest. We're there to pray. We're there to be the light of Jesus to that abortion clinic. And we're believing that God's going to save some babies that day. Amen. So praise the Lord. Uh, guys, I'm kicking off a new sermon series tonight. And I'm calling it, It's All About Me. Now, we have a tendency to live very selfish lives and make it all about us. But Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. So he wants us to focus on us to get our life right and in line with what he wants us to do so that we could really be that example to a lost and dying world, that we could be the light of Jesus, that we could be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever we are, and that people could see that. So that's what this series is going to be about. And tonight, I want to talk about chasing the almighty dollar. We have a tendency to focus on all the wrong things. And in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5, it says, don't love money. It says, be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. I will never forsake you. And he's saying to really focus not on money, but on him. He's our provider. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, starting at verse 24, Jesus has been preaching the Sermon on the Mount, and he says right there in verse 24, he starts and he says, no one can serve two masters. He says, for you will hate one and love the other, and you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Then he says, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? He goes, look at the birds. He goes, they don't plant or harvest or store food in their barns. He goes, for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Of course. He goes, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? He goes, and why worry about your clothing? He goes, look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. He goes, yet Solomon in all his glory has not, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if I 
And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and then thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So seek ye first. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So, Father, help us to really process this through and learn how to chase you instead of the almighty dollar. I pray in Christ's name, amen. One of the first things I want to see and say out of this passage is, is we chase the almighty dollar when we neglect our priorities for money. You see, we're neglecting our priorities because we need money and we want money and we, we, we thrive to have more money and we want more things. And, and, and you lose track of, of what you're doing. He's saying, I want you to stay focused. He goes, why are you getting all shook up? He goes, you're worrying about two things. You can't serve two masters. You either serve God and, and, and not money or you serve money and not God and I want you to chase after me. I want you to chase after the things that I'm going to give you, and I'm going to provide for you, because those are the things that are really priority, yet we neglect those things because we start freaking out. We start saying, where am I going to get food? I mean, I, I, I think maybe every one of us have been there at one time or another. I know I have, and I know it's been times where I'm like, man, what are we going to do? And I've shared it before, but, man, I, Cindy called me. She had already gone off to work, and she goes, don't forget to feed the kids some cereal before you take them to school. And I get the cereal bowls out, and I get the cereal out, and I, I pour the Cheerios, and I look in the refrigerator, and there's no milk. And there was only orange juice. So I got orange juice, and I poured it inside the cereal bowls. And they sat down and they were like, Dad, what's this? I go, guys, I always give you a cup of orange juice. This time, we're going to save time, so you're going to be eating cereal with orange juice. And poor kids, they were like, oh, man, this is gross. But recently, they came out with a cereal that you add orange juice to. And my kids sent that to me, and I go, see, I was way ahead of my time. <laughs> But we were without milk. We didn't know what to do, man. I didn't have any money. And, and, and we, we, I did what I could. And, and, and we lose our priorities sometimes because we think, what are I going to do? What are I going to do? I got to hustle some money. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to. Instead of crying out to God, saying, God, you know our need. You said you would provide our every need. God, I really need some milk right now, or I need money to be able to buy the milk, or I, I, I just... I, I need some milk. And it was really cool because when I got to the office, somebody went by and said, Pastor, I have WIC. And I go, okay, I don't know what WIC is. And they go, well, that's because I have children. I just had a kid, and they gave me so much milk. I have 
these two gallons I, I'd like to just give you for your kids. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, and thank you, lady. You're awesome. See, God will take care of us if we just put our trust in him and not do something stupid. Because how many times have you seen people at the grocery store, and maybe you even did that, and they're outside the grocery store in the parking lot saying, hey, you want to buy some meat? And, and they're pulling it out of their pants, and, they're, and you're like, oh, well, I don't think I want to buy that meat, you know? But, but man, they're, they're, they're desperate, and, and they don't know how to put their trust in God. They lose their priority because they're chasing the almighty dollar, and they're thinking, I just have to put my trust in the dollar. I got to put my trust in that. And no, we need to put our trust in God, and we need to really seek him out and trust him. In the book of Psalms 62, verse 10, it says, don't make your living by extortion or, your, by, uh, or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. So he's saying, you know what? God wants to bless you, but just because he blesses you, don't think, man, I've arrived and now I got everything I need and I don't even need to go to church anymore. I don't need God anymore. I'm set for life. And how did that work out? You see, we need to keep our focus. We need to put our focus in the right things. We need to put our trust in God. We need to do it his way and not ours. And we need to make sure that our priorities are, are not neglected because we're looking at the wrong thing. We need to focus on the Lord and say, God, meet my need. Take care of me and my family. Watch over us. God, you're going to take care of us. And the second thing I want to say is we chase the almighty dollar when we define ourselves with money. See, we need to define ourselves with God. We need to define ourselves that God is my provider. He is my shield. He's my fortress. He is taking care of my every need. He's going to watch out for me. He's going to take care of me. He's going to make sure every one of my needs is met. He's going to make sure that things are falling in place. He's going to make sure that everything that I ask that we need, he's going to deliver. And he does. And it's amazing how he does that. It's amazing how God comes through from some of the least like places. You've heard the story of the lady that was a single mother and she had two children and, and, and they didn't have any food that day. And, and she started praying and she said, God, I really need some food, God. We don't have any food in the house at all. And my children need to eat, Lord. They need nourishment. They need, they need food and so do I. So, Lord, I, I'm going to trust you to take care of us. So she told the kids, let's go for a walk. And her next-door neighbor was an atheist, and he used to make fun of her all the time because he would hear her pray and hear her pray and hear her pray. And that day, he went to the store, and he got about a whole bunch of groceries and put them at her front door. And when she came back from her walk at the park with her two children, she goes, praise the Lord, look. God provided food for us. He took care of us. He provided for us. And he jumped out from behind the bush, and he goes, God didn't do that. I did that. I paid for all that. She goes, praise the Lord. He provided food, and he made the devil pay for it. <laughs> Hear me? God has a way of taking care of us. He has a way of looking out for us. He has a way of saying, I'm going to see you through, and he's going to provide. 
And it's amazing how he does those things. It's amazing how he empties himself out into our lives. But sometimes we're too busy thinking, I've arrived. I got all this money. How many times have you heard testimonies? You, I hear them all the time. And when I was in the world, I used to walk around, and I had a lot of money. It was like this, a lot of money. I go, what do you have to show for it? Nothing. I don't have a car. I don't even have a bicycle. I don't have anything. And all those riches that you thought was your identity, and you walked around with the big old chains, and you walked around with a fancy watch, and you walked around, and there's nothing wrong with having that, but when that stuff has you, you're all messed up. And you're looking constantly to get more and to make more and to just have a hustle and you got a little hustle going and you got something always moving and always going. And man, it messes you up. In the book of Matthew, in the gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, verse 21 and 22, it says, Jesus told them, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Now, the rich man had said, what do I do to need to get to heaven? He goes, well, go sell everything you got. And then come and follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. No, you see, the possessions had him. You see, he couldn't understand how to give everything away. Let me tell you something. When you learn to hold on to your things with an open hand, it hurts less when God takes them away. But when you hold on with a clenched hand, I'm telling you, sometimes God starts pulling those fingers away, and he pulls them away, and it's painful. But he's saying, don't you understand? I'm taking this away from you because it's destroying you. It's taking you away from your husband or your wife or your son or your daughter, your siblings, your parents. It's taking you away from the people that you love. And it has become your idol. It has become your mistress. It has become your lover because you're consumed with that. And your family around you wishes they had you and they had your attention just like that thing does. Because you're chasing the money. You're chasing that identity that you have built your identity upon. And you've got to put your identity in the Lord. See, it's all about me. It's all about me and God and God and me and me putting my identity in him, and then all these things will be added unto me. But we get that mixed up, and we get real confused, and before you know it, you don't even know which way is up. And you're really lost because all of your identity is in stuff. Like the bumper sticker I've shared before, it says, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. And there's another one that says, the one with the most toys wins. And the only thing you win is a heartache because you're in debt. You can't do anything. Like, man, we haven't seen you in church. I got to work, man. I got, I got two jobs. I got three jobs. I got to pay for all this stuff. You don't understand. It's driving me crazy. But, man, you don't even have time to enjoy it because those things have grabbed you. And you've put your identity in them, and you've identified yourself with that stuff. And you've identified yourself with stuff instead of him. Because I'm telling you, 
God spoils you. God has a way of providing for you. God has a way of just giving you what you need, and then he'll even throw in some extras. And he's amazing. And that brings me to the third thing I want to say is that we chase the almighty dollar when we neglect our priorities. We chase the almighty dollar when we define ourselves with money. But the third thing is we chase the almighty dollar when we live beyond our means. When we live beyond our means. There's some people that, look, I've shared it before, but the rent-to-own companies, they, they deceive you. Hey, you only have to pay, you only have to pay $15 a week. But that comes out to $60 a month for 36 months. So that means you are paying $60 a month for 12 months. So right there alone, you're paying over, way over what the product is worth. But you got to do that for three years. And before you know it, you go, yeah, but I get to enjoy it right now. Well, man, if you just hang in there for three months and wait three months and stash away that money for three months, you go walk in the store and pay cash. And it's yours. Uh, But I want it now. That's the problem. We want everything now. We live in an instant world. And then you end up getting something that, that you pay three or four times more than what it's worth. And then you get something else and then something else and something else. And then it's like, now what do I do? I've, I've put myself in a bind. I'm, I'm living way above my means. Well, and the tax rebate's going to come up. And, and, and I went, as soon as the first of the year, we could pay it all off. Let's go ahead and charge meanwhile. And you get yourself in a mess. And then you don't know how to get out of it. And then if you only pay the minimum payment, you're only paying, you're not even paying really the interest. It just keeps mounting up. And then you go, you go, man, I just made a $40 payment. It didn't even go down at all. Well, it's because the interest is $50 accrued every month. You're paying 40, so you're getting charged an extra 10 bucks every month. You're like, man, this really stinks. But it's because you're chasing things that you want right now. You're living beyond your means. And that's what that means. Like, I was talking to this guy that has all, every bell and whistle on DirecTV. And he pays. $450 a month. But on DirecTV, there's one program that he doesn't get. So he also has Xfinity. I'm like, really, dude? Just for one program? What do you, you you can't afford this. Don't you understand? You're going under. You got the sports package. You got this package. You got all the movies, the HBO, the Max, and this and that, and Man, dude, don't you understand you can't afford this? Yeah, I'm making the payment every month. Yeah, but you're two months behind on your house payment. 
Every time you, every time you make a house payment, you're still two months behind. I was trying to show him and, and see him. I go, don't you understand you're living beyond your means? You're living far beyond what you make. He goes, that's been working for me. I go, that's not according to your family. Sometimes you guys don't have food. You know, you make too much money to get any kind of assistance. I go, yet you want more and more and more and more. See, there's something about us that instead of chasing God and saying, God, I really would love to have this, and if you can't get it, guess what? It's not the end of the world. But yet we, we think everything's the end of the world. The only thing that's the end of the world is the end of the world. And the world hasn't ended. So don't get all shook up. Oh, but I gotta have it. It's gonna be the end of the world. You're still here. And, and we've gotta control our, 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 our just appetite because we end up living beyond our means. Look in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. Paul says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. He goes, I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty, with plenty or little. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. He's saying, I, I know how to balance it out because God's going to provide. God's going to empower me. God's going to meet my need. So you know what? I just need to put my trust in him, not in stuff. And I know God's going to see me through. Look, we just finished giving out 15,000 pounds of food on Friday. And there was a lady came through, and she got her box and a box for her daughter and a box for her sister. And then she came on Tuesday for more food. But right now, because where we get our food, they don't have food. So right now our pantry's closed. And she had a fit. We said, ma'am, I'm really sorry. It's closed. We don't have any food right now. We're trying to work out a deal to buy some food at Smith's, and until that goes through, we don't have food. This is ridiculous. I go, well, ma'am, you, you, you got three boxes. And I'm, a, I'm trusting that you gave two of them away to your relatives, but you still got food. He goes, but I wanted even more. And that's the problem. We want more and 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 more. And people live in this entitlement mentality that they're owed this food. And we're doing our best to provide and to give it away. We don't charge them. But yet people are frustrated and they want it when they want it and they demand. And it's because they're chasing the wrong thing. So we need to put our priorities first. And we also chase the almighty dollar when we aren't generous with our money. There's some people that, man, they want to get all they can get, but boy, they don't give even a penny up. Why should I give anything to them? They haven't done anything for me. Well, we are giving it away to you. Well, you guys have to. You're a church. Well, we don't have to do anything. But we do because we love our community and we want to help and we want to be generous 
But when you cannot be generous with your things and you hold on like this, I'm telling you, it's going to be painful when it's taken away from you. It's going to be painful when you have to give it up. Because I'm telling you, all things come from above. All great gifts come from above. God is the one who provides these things. God is the one who gives us these things. And we need to learn how to be generous with the things he's given us. And we need need to use wisdom. You can just not start giving all your money away. But we need to use wisdom and, and to be generous with whatever God might have. Do whatever you possibly can. I told you the story about my grandson. He he had like 20 bucks in his wallet. And we were headed back to El Paso, and we, we stopped in Socorro, and there was a guy sitting there. He goes, Grandpa, I really feel like I'm supposed to give that guy some money. I go, okay, do you have some money to give him? He goes, yeah. So he takes his wallet out, and he gives him $15. I'm like, son, that's almost all your money. Are you sure that's what you want to do? He goes, yeah, I really think that's what I want to do. And I go, wow, how generous of a 17-year-old kid giving away that much money. And I was thinking, do you understand how much money that is? <laughs> but he goes, yes, Grandpa, I really do. And I really feel like I was supposed to give that man that when the man received it, he freaked out because he saw it take it out of his wallet, not mine. And he said, thank you. You've really blessed me. You see, we learn how to give. We learn how to bless. We learn how to pour out. We learn how to share. And when you aren't generous with your money, I'm telling you, your supply will start running out. But when you give, God gives more. And you can never outgive God. In the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35, it says, I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And it really is. And so it's important that we put ourselves in a position that we can be generous and give. How can we pour ourselves out? What can we do to help? What can we do to share? Because you know what? It's wonderful to do that. And it's wonderful to pour yourself out. And it's wonderful to care. Because you know what? We really have found ourselves in need before, haven't you? Haven't you ever been there where you're like, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know how to do this. And even though you might have little, you still share your beans with your neighbor. And you know they're hurting. And you take the papas you have and you share the half of the potatoes with them as well. And you go, look, we don't have a whole lot. But you know what? Man, we could give you this food. And we need to understand that there's people that are hurting. And sometimes we're in a position to help, but we don't want to be generous. And we don't want to help anybody because we feel like, why should I help them? What have they ever done for me? 
But I'm telling you, they might have not ever done anything for you, but by you pouring yourself into them, God will definitely honor that and bless you for it. And it comes back a hundredfold. And another thing we need to do is we chase the almighty dollar when we make money, our security. Some people have made the money their security blanket. They're comfortable with it, and they're secure with it. And I have money, and man, let me tell you something. Money can go like that. A young lady came up to me tonight and said, Pastor, please pray for me. They stole my car from the parking work. I've had cars stolen before. The weirdest feeling, you come out and your car's not there, and you're like, wow, where's my car? I, I, I know I parked right here. I've had four vehicles stolen from me. My daughter had a vehicle stolen from her. And it's a horrible feeling. You just feel like, what happened? God, please meet my need. You know what I need, Lord. You know what I need. He says, I I want you to chase me because I'm going to provide for you, not the almighty dollar. Haven't you ever had something that you worked hard for and you stashed away and you were going to be saving your money and then someone steals it? You're like, man, I needed that. What are we going to do? I know that God has always provided. God has always seen me through. God has always taken care of me in the midst of those trying times. He's really watched out for me. And it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean it doesn't kind of set you back. But what it does, it really helps you and it builds you up because you end up finding you hope and trust in the Lord instead of stuff. Look what he says in the Gospel of Luke chapter 12, verse 15 through 21. He says, then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told a story. A rich man had a fertile field that produced fine crop. And he said, he, had, he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all the crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to put, to store all my wheat and other goods. And then he goes on to say, and I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And then he says, but God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything that you worked for? But man, you're going to walk away with nothing. Who's going to get it then? He goes, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. So he's saying, Make sure you put the priority the priority. He's not saying there's anything wrong with storing stuff. He's not saying there's anything wrong with putting stuff in, in, in storage. But some of you have storage bins that you pay a monthly fee on. You don't even know what you have in there anymore. 
And you've gone to the store and you bought stuff that you have in storage because you forgot what you have. And then you go check and you go, ah, look at all this stuff I have. It's all rotten now because it's been here so long. Well, I guess I got to get rid of this. Hopefully I'll make some money off of it. And said you could be generous and say, hey, man, someone just moved into a new house and they don't have anything. They just got out of prison or they just got out of the hospital and they, 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 they're in a bind. Say, you know what? Here, take what I got. Here, God bless you. Here, help out. I had a truck and somebody needed a vehicle. My wife saw it on Facebook. She said, hey, you guys need a vehicle. You want to give them our truck? I go, I guess so. <laughs> I, I hadn't thought about it, but she goes, well, you don't use it that much. But every Chicano has to have a truck. But I gave the truck away. I gave the truck away. And then the guy started bad-mouthing me because we meet on Sundays instead of Saturdays. I'm like, wow, that's weird. Not like you have to like me more because I gave you a truck, but guy, I thought at least you'd be nice. But you know what? I, I've, I've given stuff away that, that I could have still used, but I knew that there was a need. We've given actually several cars away. Not because I'm rich and I have all these cars, but man, like, what a seat those they're to find. I gave a car away, and all of a sudden, God gave me one later. And then I gave another one away, and then God gave me one later. My wife said, Are you sure you heard from God? I go, I really believe I did. Okay, well, then do it. We've given away stuff. See, this guy could have given away some food. And he still would have had plenty of food for him and his family. But God is showing us that, you know what? Sometimes we make foolish decisions because we're greedy. We're just greedy. He started off the verse by saying, beware, guard against every kind of greed. So we got to really guard ourselves on that. Like, man, you just want more and more and more and more. God says, look, I'll provide your every need. But you don't even need that. You're storing stuff away, and it's rotting away. Some people come to get food, and they go, oh, you have leftovers here. I'll take them. And you take so much that it starts rotting in your refrigerator. Or yet, you could have given it away even to your neighbors. We, we, we just lose focus of what we're doing. We lose focus of how we're doing it. We lose focus of what we're doing. And God is saying, don't you understand? I want to take care of you. I want to provide for you. I'm going to take care of your every need. So we need to quit chasing the almighty dollar, and we need to quit chasing these things and, and quit neglecting your priorities. God will provide your every need according to his riches, which are in Christ Jesus. He's going to take care of you. He does. It's like, man, haven't you ever had a broken down car and all of a sudden someone comes through and they fix it for you and you're like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Or you're in a bind and something's happening. 
Haven't you ever been at the grocery store and, and you see somebody hurting and they're counting every penny? And I, I've told them before, hey, how much are they short? Just put it on mine. Go ahead and take it. Not like I have all this money, but I had enough to cover for their stuff and mine. I did. Just be careful for the scammers. The ones that you're real nice to and you're standing in line. They go, oh, hi. And as you leave, say to the clerk, that lady says she's going to pay on her card. See you later. And they go, bye. See, she just said it's okay. And they end up buying your food and they weren't even thinking they were going to. Because some people are out to scam you. That's why people are so guarded. But we need to be generous. We need to learn how to give with wisdom. To share with wisdom. We need to really say, God, I don't want to identify myself with money. I don't want to identify myself with this almighty dollar. God, I want to make sure that I don't live beyond my means. Show me how to really use wisdom and how to spend my money wisely. Because, Lord, you provide my every need. And, Lord, teach me to be generous. Generous with my money. Not foolishly, but guided by you, Lord, to help me. And, Lord, help me to put my security in you, that you are my guide, you are my shield, you are my fortress, not money. Because money comes and goes, but God is there forever. Amen? So I hope and pray today I've challenged you to really look at your spending and look at the way you live and look where money is in your life and how you're going to do things and how you're going to process it. Because some of you have really gotten in a mess financially because you have put the wrong emphasis on money. And tonight, I, I just want to encourage you to step up and get things back into order so that you're not out of control. And if you have never even given your life to Christ, I hope that you would start there so you could understand what it means to have a Lord over you to guide you and lead you. And if you've never given your life to Christ and you want to do that, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I want to give my life to Jesus. Anyone here tonight? Well, then I want to invite you to stand with us. And if you want to pray, there's more than enough room for you to come and pray. But give your burden over to the Lord. Give your finances over to the Lord. Give your wallet and your bank account over to the Lord. And say, God, I, I don't want to keep going through this craziness. I really want to be able to find peace in the midst of the storm. I want to find your love and your guidance over my life. The Lord, help me, lead me, instruct me. I pray in Christ's glorious name. Amen. Feel free to come up as we sing this song.
encourage you if you need prayer, even if you're at just where you stay seated right there, church. But we have prayer partners that are willing and ready to pray for you, church. So if you need prayer tonight, make your way up. Make your way up. Let's worship. It says, the cross is my beginning. Come on and sing it. Victory, say. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for all that you do in our life and how truly, Lord, you have set us free. Father, thank you for how you redirect our life and you reprioritize our life on the things that are important. Help us to put our finances in line with the way you want us to live, that you're our provider. You are our shield and our fortress. Father, I pray healing over people that are sick. Lord God, April's having a blood transfusion tomorrow. George is battling an illness. Jesse's fighting for his life. Father God, there's others, Lord God, that are really struggling. Father God, I pray, Lord, your healing touch, 
your miraculous touch upon these lives. In the glorious name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. We love you, church. Don't forget, Friday night is the women's conference. Saturday morning, we're doing the walk.